Hey there, everyone. This is Dave DeBow with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today, it is my pleasure to be speaking with John Carney. How are you doing today, John? I'm doing great, Dave. Thanks for having me on the show. It's my pleasure. Now, I'm really looking forward to our conversation because if you haven't listened to John on his podcast, you haven't heard about him, you haven't read one of his books, he's a very, very interesting real estate entrepreneur. In fact, John, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you're a third generation real estate investor. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. And I mean, for the students of the game who, who might be in my situation, this is the generation where where that squanders it all away. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just doing my best to learn every day and I've got a great team around me and we're just keeping the machine moving forward. To squander it all away or to build it all up? I think to build it all up, right? To grow it, to grow it, yeah. right? But you know, I did a lot of work on my own before I joined the family business in 2016. And every day is just another learning experience and another way to improve. And well, you know, it's a team sport. Yeah. Well, hey, what fascinates me about what you're up to is the fact that you have invested in so many different markets. Now, I'm not talking about different cities in the state or different parts of the country. I'm talking about different countries, different continents, in fact. In fact, I believe you and your family have been investing in the United States and Australia and Indonesia. Is that correct? Well, I have invested in Indonesia and Australia. Like our family business is really here in Cleveland, Ohio, and, and we have an asset in downtown Indianapolis. But my journey began, I suppose, at the kitchen table. And I was fortunate enough to work in the, the 310 labor union here in Cleveland, pushing a broom and carrying bricks on some early warehouse conversion projects that my father and his co-founder, Bob Rains, they started the revitalization of bringing people back into the city of Cleveland in the 90s. I was in high school and college, and that's how I spent my summers learning the business from the construction side. After college, I spent a summer following them around to the boardroom and seeing how a big historic warehouse conversion to apartments happened. But my dream at the time was to live in Colorado, and I did that. I was out there for 12 years, but I got into real estate in my 20s on my own with various partners. And I ended up in Indonesia for a couple of years. And I met an Australian along the way and moved to Australia in 2009. My now wife, and we have two little Australian-born children, but for reasons with an illness in her family, for us to stay together, I moved to Melbourne in 2009 and started a business there called America Property Source, which enabled Australians to safely invest in the U.S. real estate market at the time. Um, we're talking about you know our our downturn cycle. Right. I had a great team of people in Phoenix, and we did hundreds of single-family homes and small multifamily deals for Australian investors. And I went in from, from that experience into new home construction and development on a small scale in Australia with some partners and then came back to America to work on a project in 2016. And, and we've got a few other development projects in the pipeline right now. So really for the last three years, been in real estate development, new construction on the commercial side in multifamily and for sale condominiums. Very cool. What did you do in Indonesia? Just out of curiosity, what kind of real estate deals you did? Well, I, I would say they weren't great real estate deals, if I'm going to be honest with you. 
Yeah, I was doing some land at the time. I was I was doing some land subdivision deals in Idaho, living in Colorado, which has always been an expensive real estate market, and looking for places where your capital could go further. And I was exporting timber and furniture from Bali, Indonesia, and met some Australians that were doing some ground up construction, you know, villas. If you think about the geography in the neighborhood of Australia, Indonesia in Thailand and Malaysia, they're, they're sort of a striking distance. They're like our Central America, South America, Caribbean. So an exotic destination if you're living where I'm right now in Cleveland. But if you're living in a capital city in Australia, that's where you go. It's like going to Cancun kind of thing for... It is. It is. It's a little different, but it's also very yeah. similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the opportunity there was to get in off the plan is the strategy in Australia. If you buy off the plan, you're you're going to realize the appreciation when the product's done and you on sell it. A couple of transactions went well. And as, as we grew, we kept reinvesting until one didn't go so well. So there is the learning curve and it's the premise of everything I believe and I teach investors when I was doing working with people in Australia is, you know, you have to have the right team around you right. in, in any city or any country. And, you know, if you have the right team and you gel with them and you're in sync and they truly want to help you succeed, you will succeed. If you skip that step, you'll have problems. And I learned that the hard way. Yeah, man. Well, you know more, much more about this than I do. I've got a very a limited amount of experience investing in foreign countries. And, and I find if you don't speak the local language, it can be a little bit dicey at times because it's easy to get hoodwinked. I've been there. Or actually, you know what? Thankfully, I haven't been there, but I've seen a lot of people that got suckered into stuff and just got raked over the coals. You know what it was? It didn't have to do with, with the opportunity. Like the, the location was great. The asset was great. The developer was shady. And I skipped a step. I was given this template about the team. You need to be successful in a new market by my father, who's a mentor of mine. And I skipped a step. And, hmm. you know, that's on me. And had I invested in a lawyer to review documents and do the title search, right? They, they act in a capacity in Indonesia as your sort of your legal counsel and your title agent all in one. You know, they have notaries over there. I won't get into how you transact land in Indonesia, but it's no different in any country I've been to. The American system, the Australian system, the Indonesian system, it really follows the same process, whether you're developing real estate or buying real estate. There's some local rules and regulations, but you know, I, I didn't get the expert to review what I was doing. And it had it was a title issue. The developer skipped a step mm. and got bogged down in his own political mess. And, and that all the investors, you know, we're still holding it. How about that? It yeah. hasn't gone anywhere, right. but it's been a, um, a long battle. And, and while we think there's a light at the end of the tunnel, things don't happen as fast in certain countries as they do around here. There's no right. New York minute. In the, uh, along the equator in Asia, that's for sure. Well, on the equator, I think around the world, pretty much. I think that's a- yeah. There's a ring of fire, literally. <laughs> well, that sounds like one of the big lessons you've learned. But you know, so am I correct in assuming that it was your grandfather that kind of first started the real estate gig, and then your father got into it, and now you're into it as well? Is that how the three generational thing goes? Yeah, it was my grandfather and his brother. And I mean, I I grew up with, they were the sons of immigrant parents from Ireland. And my mother 
was the daughter, my mother and her brother were the children of immigrants from Bulgaria. So this work hard and don't give up mentality was ingrained in me by my grandmothers from a very young age. You don't realize it at the time, the influence that people have on you, but that's it. That's what I attribute the, the work ethic and everything to because my grandfather and, and his brother grew up in a house with no floor and they had to skip school to work. And they started with a construction company, digging basements and then putting in roads and fighting the unions. You know, Cleveland's a very Irish centric yeah. town. And it's, tough. Um, it's a tough town too, man, from what I've heard. So, I mean, fighting the, the unions and stuff like that can get people into some deep doo-doo. If, if about, if they were good guys. They were good guys though. You know, they, <laughs> they, they, they went and they worked hard and they, they didn't have the opportunity. They, they had to fight every step of the way for their opportunity. My grandfather served in the Army Corps of Engineers during World War II. Like his unit was followed everybody, followed the infantry through, right? Mm -hmm. Because his specialty was building roads and running machines. And, you know, they became lawyers. I broke that chain, but I'm more of an entrepreneur, not a lawyer. Mm -hmm. So it's a bit of a different mindset. But, you know, they capitalized on the opportunity to bank land and and they were visionaries of where the people in Cleveland were going to move to. So, I mean, that that's a once, almost a once in a generation or family real estate business that happens. And my father and his brother looked after, you know, it was handed down to them and managed that. And then my father went off with his partner, Bob, and founded Landmark and have a number of historic renovated apartment buildings. So the strategy is this buy and hold the strategy is buy and die. <laughs> and, um, give it to the next generation. That's right, it. right. And for good reasons, right? I mean, for the tax reasons and just that that's, that's sort of what I moved back and have been learning more and more about every day. But I like to leave that I've learned a few things along the way, being in different countries and starting different businesses and being able to add my generation's take on on where we are and help grow the business. So it's exciting times. Well, talk to us a little bit here about 10,000 Miles to the American Dream. So that's the title of one of your books. So what, yeah, beautiful. There we go. We'll, so, we'll send you a couple copies. So <laughs> beautiful. You wanna, just, one for your shelf and one to give away to one of your listeners. That sounds great. So this is just about, you know, when I was in you kind of go back to my experience in Melbourne. Like I started a business, we were sort of the middlemen helping Australians build the right team. When I say safely, you got to believe that we were doing it the right way. We had a number of professionals to advise our clients to make choices. And we have a track record of good acquisitions and, and exits that show that, that we were successful. But you need at some point, the referrals died. You needed the phone to ring, right? And I don't know if you've ever seen the slide of the phone. How do you make it ring? And so I got involved with various entrepreneur groups and real estate groups in Melbourne where I was living and, and really became a student of starting a business and lead generation. And, and that sort of part, the sales and marketing side is what I'm bringing back to this business now. Now, long-winded segue into the book, you know, because I was the American living in Australia, working with Australian investors in America, and then married an Australian. Well, my seven co-authors were the reverse situation. They were traveling. They met American girls, said, yeah, I'll come to America. They came to America, got married, 
and ended up in different sectors of the real estate business, um, syndication, mobile home parks, fix and flip, wholesaling, you name it. And one of my direct competitors, Ben Gray, I mean, we were competing at one point for each client and probably he may have lost some to me and I may have lost some to him. But at the end of the day, now we're written a book together and we're thinking about how do we leverage this group's story? Me, I'm the token yank, right? I'm the one who had the experience that they didn't have in, in their country. How do we leverage our collective experience to, to help people get into real estate and achieve the financial freedom that they've been able to achieve? And I work every day, but it's in something I love doing. So I suppose that there's a bit of financial freedom in that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So you've been helping people get into real estate investing for quite some time. What do you see some of the biggest mistakes people making when they get into, when the light bulb goes off, they say, yeah, I want to get into real estate. How are they screwing up typically? You know, I had this, I was never taught that failure was okay. I learned that lesson, like I said, the hard way, but asking for help. I mean, it all boils down to you have to ask for help. And I knew that I wanted to follow a development path. And then to be in the Australian real estate market, there's no buy and hold investing. I mean, it's, it's a complicated strategy. The barrier to entry is expensive. They're having a downturn cycle now. It's risky. So new house construction and, and subdivision of existing, knock over a house or subdivide a, a one, a single family home. They call it the battle axe, you know, and build another house is the sort of the strategy to get in. And it requires a lot of capital. So I had to go out, you know, with relationships I built and, and pitch it and ask people for help, ask them to mentor me and say, this is what I'd like to do. You know how to do it. You have the experience and, and will you help me? And, and they said, yeah. So it was like, let's do it then. And, and um, that's just, you know, one example. I, I think that if you really want to be a real estate investor network, but when you find someone you think you've got some type of relationship with, that'll be good and you can add value to what they're doing. I find that people are really receptive to helping other people out in this industry. And that's, that's why I love it. But that's a key point, what you said there. And that's a big mistake you see a lot of people doing because I find a lot of people are really good at asking for help, but they're not thinking about what's in it for the other person. So you, you mentioned bringing value to the other person. How can relatively newbie real estate investors bring value to a more experienced real estate entrepreneur? Well, if you're talking about getting into it, there's a common thread, right? They say that success leaves clues. Almost everybody I know who's very successful in the commercial real estate game started out buying rental properties and doing the painting themselves and fixing toilets. And they were landlords, you know, as young as during college. And then after college, you know, after school or at some point in their life, they bought a duplex and, and or a fourplex and were living there managing it and, and developing their skill set, right? So, I mean, you got to start somewhere. You can't start with 10,000 door, door portfolio. But I know some of those people and I've interviewed them and, and that's the story. Whether they're investment bankers or not, or commercial builders or not, they've been doing this for a long time. And then they've just leveraged their professional career to expand their real estate businesses. And I think you got to be patient. And, and one way to add value is just find out as people grow and are in a position to help new people come in, 
there's a lot of things you could do to add value, to give your time if that's all you have. And someone like myself or any of the other successful people I know will value that, that sweat equity. Yeah, I think I was, I was just suggesting that to a client of mine who wants to get into a new strategy he hasn't done before. I said, hey, you know some guys doing that. Because he said, well, I offered to help him out. I said, well, nobody's, hardly anybody's going to take you up on the typical thing. If Give me a call if, I, if, if you ever need a hand. Well, they're never going to give you a call, right? So I said, screw that. Find out where they're working. Show up in the morning with a thermos full of coffee, a couple of dozen donuts, your work clothes, and then go to work. That's what you need to do to break in. He did that. Hats off to him for it. They loved him for it. He, he was a big hit. And they got him hauling garbage because the guy had no skills, really. But, hey, he was willing to help out. Whatever you can do, just don't leave it at that. Hey, give me a call. I'd love to help you if you ever need it because the other person's not going to reach out. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, take the action. If you show up and donate your time and effort, right? Energy is a big thing. Time and energy, like the two most valuable resources that anyone has right. and that are big for me because I like to be efficient with my time and energy. But if someone's willing to help out, yeah, you're going to go somewhere. You know, we had a, um, we were running a marketing campaign, mm. a direct mail marketing campaign. And we bought the call list. And at the time we had some people in our sales team that weren't big on cold calling. And the intern from the marketing company called and asked what he could do to help. He's trying to sell me more products. And I said, well, we've got this list. I've called everybody once. Some yes. other people have called. We have a spreadsheet going. And, you know, do you want to call everyone again and see if this list has any juice in it? And they did that. Wow. And we actually had him on a subcontract. We brought him into the company for about four months and gave him a place to stay in one of our units. And all he did is make phone calls and send texts and was able to secure a number of leases. And then it helped us with occupancy and yeah. we were able to move on after that. But I mean, that's just an example of a, a young man who was willing to, willing to do what others weren't willing to do. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. He's a true entrepreneur and, and leasing apartments was never going to be his thing. So we let him go and I'm sure he's doing great things. I'm sure he is too. Awesome. Well, John, unfortunately we're running out of time here, my friend. So You've got a couple of books, and if people want to find out more about your story and what you're up to, what should they do? Well, look, I'm easy to find online, johncarneyonline.com, and there's a tab there for my first book, which is Real Estate is a Team Sport. It kind of gives you the starting entry to who you should be talking to, your accountants, your lawyers, and so on and so forth. And then that's also on johncarneyonline.com. The new book here, I'll show it again because we we're just on a mastermind call with that today with these guys, realestatemates.com. We're trying to figure out how this group of folks from- Sounds like a lot of Aussies in that one if it's realestatemates.com. Yeah. Again, I'm, I'm the token Yank, right? That's Australian for American Yank. So, you know, realestatemates.com if you want to learn about that. Both books are on Amazon, 10,000 Miles to the American Dream. And the real estate mates are looking to how we pull together and, and go on a book tour and help people figure out what's the right track for them to take, right? I mean, multifamily is one thing, mobile home parks are another thing. And hey, you know, having six or seven rentals down the streets, another great thing. It's, it, it all depends on, you know, the individual's 
what Goals they want. Aspirations. Exactly. Yeah. All right, my friend. Well, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you very much for sharing your wisdom and hats off to you for, for what you've done on your own. Plus jumping right back into the family business. I know that's never easy. Another book. (laughs) Right, Dave? Well, look, I really appreciate you thinking about me. Hopefully your audience can get some value out of our conversation. And if there's anything I can do to help you out, just sing out and look forward to getting to know you a little bit better. Likewise. All right, everybody. Take care. We'll talk to you on our next episode. Awesome. Thank you. Well, thanks very much for checking out the Property Profits podcast. If you like what we're doing here, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. We very, very much appreciate it. And if you're looking to create a regular flow of inbound investor inquiries about your real estate deals, then I invite you to attend one of my upcoming live online demonstrations. And you can check that out at Investor Attraction Demo. Take care.